Hello and welcome to Beyond Top 10 Tennis. My name is Dr. Ashley Morganberge and I'm your host. I'm the author of 11 books, a CEO of 12 years, the founder of a startup set on data privacy, most importantly, an elite performance coach of over 18 years, having worked with athletes throughout Europe, the United States to Australia. And of course, most excitingly, I am the world's leading scientist on coach and athlete performance, specifically when it comes to developing a top 10 tennis ranking. My work includes everything from mitigating injuries to conditioning behaviors that set a player up long-term for the long game towards a top 10 tennis ranking. I'm behind theories from the optimal performance theory, optimal behavior for optimal performance, the barrier breaker, the rule of transference to the golden rule. As has become custom, each episode we dive into one of my books to share additional insights and dig a little bit deeper. We've been focusing on the secrets to optimal performance success, a comprehensive discussion on developing elite coaches and players. With over 40 episodes down to date, today's topic plays its own role like so many other episodes in developing the player, parent to coach for that road ahead towards a top 10 tennis ranking. So as always, buckle in and enjoy the ride. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I'm a bit uh, perplexed in a way about today's episode because uh, it's the final one of this chapter and of the book, uh, The Secrets to Optimal Performance Success. And if you've been following along from the very beginning, thank you so much. But oh my goodness, how far we've come. So I think you understand hopefully that perplexion. So, um, and if you're just new, um, I'm sure you will see why, especially if you track back to some of our previous episodes. Uh, Today's episode is on learning from mistakes, coaches. And we actually have had an episode on this, but for players, not just the coaches. Uh, So it's going to be a little bit different, hopefully interesting slash intriguing in the best possible ways. But I think it's important to share from the very beginning that humanized approach that we take each and every episode. And when we're looking at mistakes and learning, essentially when we're focusing on the coach, we're focusing on that adult. So not the child and all that player or athlete in this respect. So it's transferable how it crosses over to the the parents out there, just the, the adults in the room in general. And I think it, We have so many topics now with, this is episode 45, and that has, we've established quite an extensive catalog of uh, 
different metrics, whether they are behavioral or performance specific, but when we're really considering that pathway towards that top 10 tennis ranking, all those interchanging pieces or parts, if you like, and from the very beginning when we're looking at that triangular approach that includes the parent the coach and the player or athlete and it's so important to see how far we've come from that perspective especially when we're looking to encapsulate learning and the mistakes that happen along the way Um, I think I can be the first to put my hand up to say mistakes happen of course by all means I have made mistakes and I mean first and foremost is obviously my, my background as that athlete and succumbing to injury after injury and I can also say I was guilty of not practicing what I preach um, when my uh, coaching status continued to rise and ascend. And for those of you who are familiar with uh, that, my running background, I did not do the same. I was too busy, I think, having fun (laughs) uh, running. Yes, uh, those of you who are runners, I understand. Those of you who are not, uh, it's a little bit ironic. But we learn as we evolve, as we grow, as we get older, uh, some obviously more than others, but it really is dependent on what your focus, what your core focus is on. And if you have that desire, that ambition to improve, then you will learn and mistakes will be made. And you're going to have really micro instances. And that's obviously, we transfer that over into that play athlete when we're looking at those micro inferences in those uh, their performance, those specific metrics on such a minuscule scale that makes such a significant difference. And we can look at this from our behavioral standpoint that there's going to be quite very small changes we can make whether that's reflective feedback um, if that is something we practice on a weekly basis if not a daily basis and or after each and every session and giving ourselves that opportunity to improve because at the end of the day if we're looking at an error or a mistake how can we address that sooner rather than later or how can we catch ourselves out because someone's obviously not behind us or next to us all the time to say "Mm, I think you could have just made a mistake the acknowledgement of potential errors and or mistakes happens when we take that time ideally opposed to being pulled up on it or seeing um the the negative influence or effect from that um, weather. And I think this is a a bit of a dangerous territory, so to speak, when we're looking at the coach and the athlete, because if your coaching practices are attributing towards that player developing an injury, and I have used this um, previously, we're looking at coaching negligence which is a really scary slash concerning discussion to be around and or involved in. 
And at the end of the day, the coaches of the adults responsible for developing that athlete and safeguarding them and protecting them as well, which I think those discussions are unfortunately more often than not ignored. But it's so important to remember the role of the coach is incredibly multifaceted when we're looking at what constitutes a really good coach, a great coach, or some of the best coaches in the world. And I think it's really important to reframe that. The best coaches, of course, yes, can be responsible for developing top 10 tennis players, but they're also responsible for building the foundations at a very early age. So my hat goes off to the, not wearing one though, <laughs> to the coaches out there that put in the work from the very beginning, that they understand that developmental spectrum with that athlete who's 9, 10, 11 years old, and they follow the pathway, they follow the long game over the course of that initial 10 years of play. So they are immersed in, they are a part of that developmental spectrum. And then that next 10 years of play, that is incredibly rewarding. And we have a number of coaches, only a number, on the WTA and ATP tours who have done that. But that's only one side. You have those niches. So I think it's really important not to discard the developmental because obviously the developmental coaches are not at the helm of the game, but they serve an incredibly important purpose. They allow that player athlete the skills to get to the point where they can take that next step, move to the next level. And a high performance coach who is not equipped in that uh, area, they do not have those skills. They have that next level skills, but they are reliant on that. But if you can harness both to go throughout that first 10 years and transition to the next, that is where I Am Your Tennis Coach and Guru comes in with all of the tools in there to apply over a set period of time. Now, before we get too distracted on that, because this is a lot, it's we really want to bring it back to mistakes and learning from them and what can happen. And if we rewind just slightly about coaching practices and that area of negligence, that's why it's so important, it's so absolutely fundamental for coaches to be mindful of upskilling. Because, unfortunately, current coaching practices and coach education um, at this moment in time does not include um, the science, that, that materials, those resources, um, education, uh, educational, uh, that's performance-based um, in the, the sporting spectrum and specifically in tennis. So the work that has been uncovered and available through AMA International, and we're up to 10 complete texts today that has been unraveling what it really takes to, to get to the elite whilst mitigating injuries. So voiding um, a coach being susceptible to negligence 
and again I um, acknowledge the scary I think the subject and the, the word of caution here because it's paramount for coaches to upskill to make sure they're in this position and obviously if coach education providers are not giving uh, coaches the tools and or the resources or they do not um, that, that their choice you do have a choice as coaches and also for the parents out there to upskill yourself and that's where i think our texts come in and this has been touched on previously in a couple of episodes that the decision was made by myself to form AMA international to ensure coaches just like you or players out there just like you and for the parents and or guardians that you have access that they were this body of work uh, was not closed off or limited to a federation for example that it was incredibly important from someone who had that background who suffered through that negligence of all those injuries and there's a lot to list there um, and it's incredibly unfortunate but what can I do to make sure you don't make those same mistakes for the players athletes don't make the same mistakes of staying with a coach who is not equipped with the tools to safeguard your body for longevity to safeguard your performance so you can get through that initial 10 years of play and be healthy and reach that next peak performance in that second 10 years of play and continue that peak performance cycle which we've touched on in most recent episodes and to learn from if there is an error in judgment if a mistake has been made you are not going to be conscious of that unless you're putting the work in on a regular basis of upskilling but diversifying where you are upskilling so if you are relying on that singular coach education provider for example who does not have access to the latest um, scientific research and resources you are going to be incredibly limited because uh, tennis specifically well sport in general as well is global which means whatever a federation is uncovering does not necessarily mean that's just it (laughs) there are scientists of course all around the world um, and there are thousands of us working towards peak performance cycles and so many varying facets of just academia in general that can potentially have those crossovers now the the best way to obviously access that is to find those hubs if you uh, like to tap into and AMA International is one of them and I'm really running this home because mistakes happen and but more often than not coaches are not aware that it is actually a mistake at all because their toolkit what they know and what they have learned that um, is attributed towards um, upskilling teaching a child a player an athlete how to learn the game of tennis how you should teach certain uh, strokes of tennis um, through however they have been taught what works for them and you need to ask yourself but what if something's broken what if what has worked in the past 
is now broken? What if it needs to be modified to accommodate the growing body and the changes that do happen? And this is a really big topic and a really big discussion because we know adolescents change, their bodies change. And again, we've had episodes on this, whether it's looking at, you know, the discrete skills to serial skills, but more often than not, those modifications are not made. And these athletes that really were thriving in their sport, and if we focus on tennis, all of a sudden can no longer play because it's injury after injury after injury. Simple ones can be just varying growth spurts and the accommodations are not being made for that taller athlete and that ball height and all their tools that they're using. So their racket, the pressure in the balls that they're starting on, if they need a regress before they progress again. And it's like very small little steps that you can take from that perspective that can make a world of difference to that athlete learning how to move on court again when they are a lot taller than they were three four months ago and this happens a lot when kids are on holidays at at the end of year and they have that one to two months off potentially and then all of a sudden it's and it's funny not funny because it's obviously a part of life and all of us have either been there and or are going through it so we know how normal and natural that is but what's not normal and what is not natural is doing the same thing for that same player who has now changed who has now grown taller or they could have grown a little bit quicker or they're, they're learning um how to work with their new body so they could have gotten a little bit bigger even and so they're learning how to move with a heavier frame and there is absolutely nothing unhealthy with that and that's so important to share because um, I guess it works in, in two ways you can go upwards taller or outwards and a lot of that does end up turning into muscle in a good way as that athlete progresses with their performance um, which can be incredibly rewarding there's obviously a very different discussion there if there are unhealthy habits that are that under underpin that. Though we really want to focus on these changes that can happen and that the athlete really just needs to relearn to an extent different parts of their game again to accommodate these changes. But if nothing is being done, no changes are being done, you are leaving the athlete susceptible to developing an injury, but also susceptible to losing that interest because all of a sudden they were playing at quite a reasonable level. And then their hand-eye coordination is just off because all of a sudden their arms are a little bit longer, so their timing of the ball is off or their knees have been a little bit sore because of the growth so that they're really struggling to flex 
um, at this moment in time. So different modifications need to be made. And strength obviously plays a role in that. Body weight uh, underscore at this level or at, within this age uh, group specifically. So you really want to be cautious in that respect. Though modifications and making sure they are apparent and that you as a coach are being mindful of that is one way of ensuring that these mistakes are not happening too frequently. <laughs> Obviously, mistakes are actually a very good thing within a certain, I think, context because it really allows you to question what you're doing and how you can do better. And they are really good reminders of how we can grow and progress. And it's incredibly important to be mindful of this. And again, all of this is, it crosses over with that humanized approach. Just as in making mistakes on court or with a player athlete, it's the same as in life, whether it's from one individual to the next in different relationship dynamics. So you can go the coach athlete relationship and it's the same with the parent and the child and or the, the friend and the other friend or partner and significant other. So there are so many variations there and I, it's a decisional balance that we I've touched on in um, the secrets um, optimal performance success but also uh, most recently the seven keys to optimize your life we touch on what a decisional balance is and how human behavior underpins that and and how we can utilize that to sure reach that next peak performance but use um, human behavior as such to really rewire that decision-making process so it serves us and to whichever that objective may be. And in this context, we can say, okay, that objective is to improve my player's performance, to improve my performance so I'm equipped with the tools to get them there. And our initial goal may be, if you're at that developmental um, age range, to achieve a national ranking or to get a state ranking and or to secure or work towards an initial challenger and or ITF event and you make sure it's incremental and if your goal your primary endpoint is a top 10 tennis ranking you work back on how you're going to get there and again i'm your tennis coaching guru obviously underscores the, that 20 years of play with those uh, programs um, set out to allow that to happen but the what is your game missing series shares how you need to implement the seven keys as such inadvertently to allow that happen. So they're all interconnected. And I'm sharing, I think a lot of this is because we know, and I also know from that player's standpoint and coaches as well, the mistakes that can be made. And a lot of them unfortunately are universal. So we have these tools, these resources now that reframe the necessarily uh, the necessary 
necessary uh, education that we need in the sports sciences, specifically uh, even when we're looking at the behavioural side to the biomechanics and how they're interwoven, so, so they're connected to allow that result to happen. And I'm getting a bit um, sciencey here and I'm trying to hold back because I have spent the, the part of the past week working towards that latest publication that I've been sharing or touching on um, in a couple of episodes and it really um, unwraps I'm really looking forward to when it comes out no promises of when and again (laughs) review some of our previous episodes for the why behind that but I get a bit excited in this respect especially when I'm writing about it on a daily basis and I get to talk with you and this is a this is a first because um this is the um, beyond top 10 tennis was launched this year and I've already as you know got 11 books behind me so this is the very first time I'm actually writing one so my 12th one and also conversing at the same time so there there is a bit of a crossover and part of me is trying to hold back of not oversharing but then the other half really wants to let you know some of these new secrets that are being unraveled and obviously they are backed by science that's our underlying premise and, and promise to make sure that science remains a constant because I think there are one too many coaches out there or parents of players that that have those opinions that are unsubstantiated um, so they do not have the data behind them. And everyone knows that most people really enjoy having an opinion but when we're looking at such a scary topic, for example, as negligence, we want to make sure we have the tools to equip coaches in the best possible way to ensure they know they are doing the absolute right thing by their players and athletes and they are not intentionally causing harm. And the intentional could be, well, I'm using older practices that have worked in the past. Is there a risk of that player developing? developing an injury yes but you know what this is what I'm just comfortable with doing and that's a no it's okay we now know that these certain practices can lead to these negative long-term effects can derail a player's career can cause a significant uh, career-ending injury so these are the practices now these are the technical modifications we need to make to accommodate that player athlete, to ensure they can have a healthy career, to ensure they have a chance of making that initial 10 years of play and they can have, they can be empowered to make that decision if they want to turn professional and for whatever reason, if they do or they don't, it's because of their performance and or decision. It's not because of negligence and or corresponding factors, which is incredibly important. And it's empowering in and of itself as well. It's how sport should be, not 
for those of you out there and it's not everyone but there is a, a quite significant number of players who are derailed because of these injuries and more often than not it's because they did exactly exactly what their coach told them to do they did not deviate from the plan they did exactly what they were told to do and maybe even then some and and this is what we're talking about it's learning from these mistakes as coaches to make sure you are mindful of what your player what your athlete is doing what their practice entails um, and what they're working towards and to be educated skilled with a level of expertise that knows Okay, we're going to modify that. We're going to rein that in. We need to tweak um, this technical inference right here, even if it's on that minuscule scale, to prevent you from developing an injury. Really simple examples I've given in the past is developing tennis elbow. And this can really happen um, quite quickly and commonly when that impact obviously is behind the body or at a certain height and then too much stress is placed on that elbow. And I cannot tell you, or I can probably guarantee any uh, club, especially developmental I visit, will have athletes then and there susceptible uh, to negligence in this way because they are being allowed to contact the ball in this way and most importantly the coach is not saying anything they are not changing it maybe a few weeks later or maybe when it comes to a one-on-one session but when it's happening and obviously after that 100 200 300 balls have been hit in that way you know that soreness is it's getting there it's getting to the point where they're going to need time off to recover. Um, this is just a really uh, small slash simple example of what can happen and what a coach can do if they step in to address this. This is how we learn from these mistakes. It's by taking action, being proactive to go, okay, I notice that this is happening. This is not okay. Let's modify this to ensure it's meeting those athletes' uh, demands and their body is maintaining that that healthy balance to prevent them being sidelined. And I'm sure you can tell that this is a topic I'm so passionate about (laughs) and I know so many topics I am because again it's personal it's something that did happen to me and it's so absolutely fundamental to set the record straight to the players and athletes out there and to the parents it's not their fault especially if they're doing as they've been instructed to do Um, and for the coaches out there I'm not saying it's your fault either because the education out there, if you are doing exactly what it says, there is a void here. And I know that because it's something I uncovered that there is a significant gap in the literature when we're looking at this. So if you have the obviously the ambition to work with your athlete who's aspiring to become a professional player and ascend towards the top 10, 
over the course of the next 10 to 20 years again being mindful of that 20 years of play and obviously if you're that 16 17 year old then you're at your the end of you're coming to the end of that first 10 years of play so you're looking at that second 10 years of play for example and I know it sounds huge to begin with but we're really just tracking back saying if you start playing at seven eight years of age it's incremental it's not a full load at eight nine of course not it's it's uh, incremental and progressive within that first 10 to get you to a certain peak performance and continue those cycles before you begin that next 10 and you take the seven keys to the next level because by that point they should be autonomous within your game which is incredibly exciting because this is new work to remold the next generation of play to be safeguarded against these injuries which do happen on tour um, across the board ATP WTA um, it does not matter no player is I think spared um, this from happening but they are if the work is done and we know certain players who are privy to this who implement the seven keys are so they are naturally safeguarded in this respect but the majority of players, which is more than 90%, and this is a, one of the statistics in this publication. I really hope it comes out, so please um, give me a few thumbs up, high fives, all of the above cheers um, over this way so I can get it out hopefully in the next couple of months because it's really exciting. So when you're looking at that 90%, it's absolutely substantial when you think, oh my goodness, that is the statistic of amount of coaches who do not know. They, do, they are not educated in this respect to allow their athletes to reach the top 10 and to maintain that level of play. Um, obviously, a lot of the foundations are, are done from in the Science of Elite Performance to, again, that What Is Your Game Missing series and I'm Your Tennis Coaching Guru to, again, the seven keys to optimize your life. There's so much packed in there to allow coaches to learn from mistakes. So you're relearning in a, a new way. So you're reframing it. So you're modifying your coaching practices you're up in the ante you're taking them to the next level so we're not saying what you know is redundant not at all what you know um, hopefully is absolutely exceptional and it serves its purpose but it's if you want to go to the next level to have those tools to know how do you get a player and yourself which is underscored incredibly important toward them because all of this work it's twofold it's not just player specific it's coach specific so it's about what does the player need to know or do to perform at this level what does the coach need to know and what do they need to share and be knowledgeable of to impart to that player to get them to that level and so it's parallel the coach and the player work in tandem it's incredibly exciting um, but okay 
before I um, keep running off in that direction, I will just share a small snippet from this final chapter, which again, I'm so proud that we've come this far. And I really hope for those of you who have not been following along from the beginning, that you do do a rewind, so to speak, and look at you know, even from episode one, those early beginnings, and it was a, it was a very rough around the edges, and, and I'll be honest, um, I was incredibly nervous those first couple of episodes, and super tentative, and I, I, hopefully you will see when you're here, when you listen to that, and now I really like to think we're having a, a two-way discussion, that from the feedback that I've been receiving, and just the interactions it's so incredibly rewarding and i'm so thankful for that so please keep that coming okay here we go Uh, learning from mistakes and coaches if you want to follow along we are on page 228 coaches are just like anyone else and by no means are perfect just like every other human being they make mistakes like that humanized approach. (laughs) The countless coaches I have worked with over the years have always had something different to offer and although for the most part these coaches have also been tennis specific coaches, I've always had the objective of learning something of each coach I interacted with, whether that be good or bad. And that is really important. I think every coach serves a purpose Hopefully there's more good than bad and you're learning good things, but you still have the capacity to learn bad. And when I say bad, you might see a coaching practice that they are implementing and you can see from an outsider that it is not having a positive impact on that player and or athlete, or it could be a specific drill that is incredibly challenging and you know or you've seen it done a different way that has had an even more uh, rewarding outcome. So it's not to say they're, they're wrong, it's looking at the modifications and what works best, but it's really important as well, whether it's good or bad, you call out the negligence. And if you are in a position and you see a coach uh, using a potential drill to condition their player athlete to really just take them aside, well, hopefully it's reasonable and they are uh, open to feedback to say, this is what the, the research says. And obviously, by all means, point them to aim at international so they can upskill as well with you. Because if we upskill together, we bring each other along for the ride. That is how we build the next generation of play. And we can remove that significant 90% who are not knowledgeable. We can work at reducing that to, you know, 80 70, 60, and so on to increase that level of awareness across with coaches across the globe. Okay, either way, whatever I learned from these coaches has contributed to the coach I am today. However, through my research, I was afforded the opportunity to interact over time with other coaches that were not necessarily tennis specific. 
These interactions commonly occurred over social media and the amount of knowledge to be dispersed, the thoughts shared and the coaching ideologies promoted were and have not only been vast but also insightful. That's really important to take a leaf out of different coaches' books, so to speak. Irrespective of what sport they are in, you can look at different coaching practices. Now, a lot of these can be incredibly rewarding, but on the, on the best side, best possible way slash side, is that all of this work is new uh, coaching literature which means no other sport, which means no other coaching uh, professional has access to this. The work behind uh, AIMA International and these resources is applicable, not just to tennis, but to the sporting landscape. And that excites me the most because it's the capacity to influence the sporting fraternity across the globe. And we use tennis as a blueprint on how to develop that top 10 tennis ranking. But as I was touching on earlier, there's one side is performance specific. So we look at the sport of tennis from the technical implications. That is different. But when we're looking again at the coaching dynamic, the coaching tools to principles on how to develop the best players in the world, that crosses over to how to develop the best athletes in the world, that it does not matter if you're in tennis, if you're in basketball, if you're in cricket, if you are in baseball, if you are a swimmer, it does not matter. You're in football, you're in soccer, it does not matter and that is where it is so incredibly rewarding. And I think that is where we're going to end it because at the end of the day, if you want to achieve a top 10 tennis ranking, AMA International has the tools. If you want to be equipped as a coach, irrespective of what sport you were in, and you want your player, your athlete to achieve the replica of a top 10 tennis ranking in your sport of choice, the tools are there. And look, at the end of the day, that is why we're here. And if we wanna learn from mistakes, we need to upskill, be mindful of that, have that level of self-awareness, which we have touched on in more recent episodes. And by using that internal feedback mechanism to have those conversations, to review our coaching practices, to implement, to re-educate, to relearn what really is behind how we can harness those tools to develop in our athletes, our players, that top 10 tennis ranking. Thank you so much for joining us today. We got, I think, really lighthearted to begin with. Um, and then we really took a dive 
deeper, especially sharing some new insights that are under wraps um, with this latest publication. And like I've shared, it's been a little bit tricky to obviously keep that from you guys because it's something I've been working on every day and talking to you guys happens quite frequently. So thank you for keeping it under wraps then with me. And I'm really looking forward to when that um, is released. And, and I will obviously keep you all in the loop. But all right, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> to grab a copy of The Secrets to Optimum Performance Success, head on over to AMA International. And when that book is getting closer and closer, you will find snippets and release dates again on AMA International. For any comments or questions, head on over to AMA International or Topic Thread, the social platform set on data privacy. To interact with Beyond Top 10 Tennis, head on over to Twitter, Threads, LinkedIn or Instagram. To catch up on our weekly coaching tips, head on over to TikTok. And to catch up on our blogs, head on over to Medium or directly to AMA International and look for our blogs tabs and you will see them all there. And as always, I will leave all the links in the episode notes. For something different, head on over to Pink Octopus Books. That's where my fictional release is. And to view this week's question and poll, be sure to visit Spotify or for something left of field, visit Spruik for some random polls. And I'd love your feedback there. Um, And of course, if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, like, share, and all, all of the above would be absolutely phenomenal. And for those of you who are interested, we do have scholarships available on AMA International as well as options to work with me exclusively if you're really serious about heading closer towards that top 10 tennis ranking. So don't be shy and come and say hi. They are limited places and I can't stress that enough. On that note, thank you so much for listening. I am so incredibly grateful. I'm your host, Dr. Ashley Morgan-Burge, and this is Beyond Top 10 Tennis, and I'll see you next time.